Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Tool. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Tool. Your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 3, the book of Luke chapter number 3. And if you're new here at Rosedale Baptist Church, uh, our big rock, our big item that we believe in is teaching through the whole counsel of God. Uh, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. This is our second time around the block. Uh, it took us 15 years the first time to preach through Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Uh, we're in the book of Luke uh, a second time, and we'll be in the book of Luke probably uh, until about the summer of 2021. And so uh, now we're in Luke chapter uh, number 3, after having spent eight weeks uh, in the incarnation. The incarnation, God traveling to man. God traveling to man. God becoming man. Uh, Christ, uh, great is the mystery of godliness, God manifest in the flesh, dwelt among us uh, to die on the cross for our sins. Uh, we spent eight weeks talking about chapter 1, chapter 2, uh, the virgin birth, the incarnation, and now uh, we shift from God traveling to man to man now trumpeting the news, trumpeting the news, John the Baptist. Look at verse number 1. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar. Now, take note, it's uh, the physician Luke, a very detailed guy uh, that wrote the book of Luke, obviously. My favorite gospel, because of the details that he puts in here, uh, it's not just generally written. It's not a vaguely written book. It's a verifiably authentic written book. Uh, Look at the different date stamps that he gives us. Verse number one. Now, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, that's the first one, But not just any time during that reign. It was during the time that Pontius Pilate, being governor of Judea, starting to narrow it in, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee. And so it's almost like saying um, when uh, uh, John F. Kennedy was president uh, or uh, uh, one of the other presidents were president. But then it narrows it more when it says uh, in his first term or in his second term or or when this guy was a senator or when this person was governor over and so he's dialing in a very verifiable authentic timestamp uh, on Luke chapter number three look at it five times now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea here's another one and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee here's another one and his brother Philip tetrarch of Itruia, uh, of the region of Traconitis, and here's another one, and Licinius, the tetrarch of Abilene. I love the fact that uh, he doesn't just give us some vaguely written words. Uh, The more you read the word, the more you realize it's true, it's authentic, it's verifiable. And those that have studied this out realize it's true, it's authentic, it's verifiable. Uh, He gives for that timestamp. Five different rulers or governors, whether it was Tiberius Caesar or Pontius Pilate or Herod or Philip or Licinius or, look at two more, verse 2, Annas and Caiaphas being the high priest. Well, I like the fact that we can depend on the Word of God. I like the fact that the Word of God is authentic, it's pure, it's true, and it's a blessing. And so look at the next phrase, and here's where we're going to get to. The word of God came unto John, that that authentic word, that verifiable word. The word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias. Now keep in mind, if you've been with us, 
we looked at that in chapter 1. Remember Zacharias and Elizabeth? They were praying for a son. God didn't give them a son. They were praying for a son. God didn't give them a son. They started doubting that God would give them a son. They stopped praying that God would give them a son. But God answered their prayers. It's not that it was denied. It was that it was delayed. And the answer to prayer was different because there's not a man born of woman that was greater than John the Baptist. And so where Zacharias and Elizabeth wanted a son in their, their early stage of marriage, God gave them something different, something better. God gave them John the Baptist. In fact, put down point number one, if you will. Notice first the introduction by John. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, God, came into the world. Uh, God manifest in the flesh. Um, God came to dwell among us in order to die for our sins. That's the gospel. Uh, the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He took our place on our cross, dying for uh, our sins, uh, buried and he rose again. Uh, and, and so the introduction of John is, is pronouncing uh, that God is come in the flesh. Pronouncing that Messiah is here. Uh, put down underneath that if you want. The first thing we see is John's impact publicly. John's impact publicly. Look at verse number three. Uh, after the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness, verse three, he came into all the country, all the country about Jordan, preaching and proclaiming and declaring. Hey, John the Baptist wasn't an undercover Christian. Uh, for John the Baptist, uh, who he was, was proclaiming, was pronouncing. It's everywhere he went, to everyone he could uh, he went into all the country preaching. Uh, for him, it wasn't something he did in the wilderness and then uh, he tried to fit in. He tried to be a part of, hey, John the Baptist couldn't fit in. He didn't fit in. He couldn't fit in even if he tried, and he didn't try. He didn't try to fit in. Uh, he was a square peg that didn't even try to fit into that round hole, by the way. If you're a child of God, if you're a Christian, uh, you'll feel like at times a, a square peg that doesn't fit. And, and I, I understand about appropriateness and kindness and, uh, and loving and blessing, uh, but we also understand that our citizenship is in heaven. I'm a child of God. I, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creature. And yes, at, at times I'll feel like, boy, I don't really fit in, but don't get so caught up in that. John, the greatest born of woman, uh, his impact publicly. Verse number uh, one of Matthew chapter three says, he was girded with a leathern girdle. Uh, his clothes were made out of camel's hair. Uh, he ate, uh, in, in fact, Matthew chapter three, look at verse number one on the screens. In those days came John the Baptist preaching. We've already seen that. Uh, look at verse number three of Matthew 3, 4. This is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying, preaching, declaring in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Jesus was on his heels. He's the forerunner. Uh, he's the preparer. Uh, he's the one that was pronouncing Jesus Messiah. Uh, our Savior is coming right behind. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Uh, look at the next phrase, and make his path straight. Four, and the same John had his raiment of, here it is, camel's hair, and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat, look at what he ate, 
was locusts. Uh, has anyone ever seen a locust? You ever seen a locust? Uh, in Iowa, they used to have cicadas uh, in Iowa. Uh, and, and I can't even imagine a grasshopper, a cicada, a locust. Uh, he's eat, look what he ate. He was eating. His meat was locusts and wild honey. There should have been uh, only a little small locust and a whole lot of honey. But anyway, uh, here he is. Uh, he couldn't fit in even if he tried, and he did not try. John the Baptist. Uh, his impact publicly, his impact publicly, uh, everywhere he went, everyone that he met, uh, he's pronouncing, he's crying, he's preaching. I was saved when I was 18 years old uh, I, when I heard the good news. In fact, it wasn't just good news of glad tidings that shall be unto all people. Uh, it was the best news I ever heard. Uh, I was 18 years old. I was a senior in high school. I couldn't wait to tell my friends in high school that I was forgiven, that God died, Christ died for me, uh, that I'm a child of God, that I've been saved and born again. Uh, now, two responses. The first response was a little bit of a shock to some, a shock, and just, hey, but understand, it's the best news I ever heard. But the thing that was shocking to me was there were some people that I sat next to for months that I found out were Christians too. And in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, why didn't you tell me the good news? Why didn't you tell me about this? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And they might have tried to tell me, uh, because except a man be born again, he cannot see. Uh, the, the natural man receiveth not the things that be of God. Uh, and so they may have tried to tell me, we're blind and cannot see afar off. Uh, and I didn't realize it, but man, when I heard the gospel and I got saved... I wanted everyone to know that good news, that, that great news, that was the best news I ever heard. And so his impact publicly, his impact publicly, it's a lot like Paul. Remember when Paul was in front of King Agrippa? Remember King Agrippa was the guy that said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I wish that thou wert not just almost, but altogether such as I am, except for these bonds. Uh, in that conversation, Paul said this, the king knoweth of these things. He always gave his testimony, how he rode to Damascus, he saw that light, and he was saved. Uh, the king knoweth these things, for I'm persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. None of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. But this is who John the Baptist was. He wasn't one thing on Sundays, and then he tried to hide Monday through Saturday. He wasn't in the witness protection program, an undercover kind of a Christian. Boy, he publicly, uh, he publicly uh, told people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, John chapter 5 will describe him as a burning and a shining light. Matthew chapter 5 says, a city that's set on a hill can't be hid. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so first, we see his impact publicly. His impact publicly. Put down number two. Notice also, if John truly was the greatest born of women, that I want to learn from him. I want, I want to see what, what I can emulate about him. Uh, his impact publicly. Number two, notice his impact practically. His impact practically. Practically, he made a difference. Practically, his words got traction. Practically, he made a splash in the community that he was in. Look at verse 3. 
He, he came into all the country about Jordan preaching. That's John's impact publicly. Preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Uh, that word for doesn't mean in order to have the remission of sins, but because you already have the remission of sins. Uh, we get baptized after we've been saved. We don't get baptized in order to be saved. Okay, uh, Look at it again. The baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, uh, it's almost like saying uh, the paycheck from your job for the work you've done. For the work you've done. Uh, it's for the work that you've already done, then you get a paycheck. For the remission of sins, being saved, being born again, then you're baptized after you're saved. But, but also notice, the baptism of repentance, that's a change of direction. It's making a break from the world. Uh, every time we have Celebration Sunday and there's people that are baptized, boy, it's, it's them declaring, uh, I'm not the same person I used to be. Uh, I've changed directions. Uh, I don't want to live the way I've always lived, but I want to live for the Lord. Uh, and so John's ministry impacted publicly. John's ministry impacted practically. Look at verse 4. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Uh, he was the forerunner. The forerunner, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. Look at it again, verse 5. Uh, every valley shall be filled, and, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, uh, and the crooked shall be made straight, uh, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. Uh, Isaiah pulling from a practicality that happened in his day, uh, and it was called the king's highway. When a king was going to come to town, he would rule, he would reign uh, at this time from Rome. When the king was going to come to town, uh, he would declare months ahead of time, uh, and instead of having to off-road on his way to town through ditches and streams and try to make it on that rough road, uh, they would make a king's highway, and what they would do is they would lift the low places. Uh, they would lessen those steep grades. Uh, they would straighten out those crooked paths uh, and uh, those rocks and, and all. They, they would smooth it out. They would smooth it out. They would make a change because the king was going to come. Now listen, uh, we have a king of kings. Uh, the king of kings that comes our way, uh, that king's highway, uh, it's not just a physical, temporary king. It's the king of kings. And here again, uh, he's, making, he's making an impact practically, practically. Uh, make sure you lift those low places. Uh, make sure you straighten out those crooked places. Look at verse 6. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And of course, uh, Zacharias has already talked about that in chapter 1, the horn of salvation. And then Simeon talked about that in chapter 2 when he said, Mine eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. And now here again, verse 6, All flesh shall see the salvation of God. That's Christ. He's Messiah. Jesus Christ is our Savior. Jesus Christ is our salvation. I, I think one of the bigger problems for salvation is when someone or some group gets in the line of sight between that person and Christ. 
Uh, they think their works are what save them. They think their baptism is what saved them. They think their, their rightness is what saves them. They think a church is what saves them. They think a sacrament or, or a confirmation catechism is what saves them. But it's Jesus Christ. He is the Savior. And so the King's Highway, here, John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, proclaiming, proclaiming, and impacting publicly, impacting practically. Look at verse 7. Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance. And now understand, this is a religious crowd that initially came, uh, and, and he's saying to them, hey, don't, don't, uh, uh, don't work to be saved, but, but show me fruits that you are saved. Uh, don't, don't do this or that or the other thing to be saved, but, but show me out of the goodness of your heart uh, how your salvation has changed you. You see, salvation is always a prerequisite before you get baptized. Baptism simply shows everyone else what God has already done in your heart. Bring forth fruit. Now, understand, their trip wasn't uh, 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 immorality. Their trip wasn't uh, drugs or alcohol. That wasn't their trip. Their trip was trusting in works and religion to save them. Uh, and here John the Baptist, the same way the Lord Jesus Christ to the religious said, hey, whited sepulchers full of dead men's bones, pushing back on those that aren't trusting Christ. Uh, look at it in verse number 8. Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourself, begin not to say within yourself, we have Abraham to our father. Uh, don't trust in, in, in your lineage. Don't trust in because your parents, your, your, your grandpappy was a pastor, your, your great-grandpappy was a preacher. Hey, don't trust in that. Salvation is when you personally place your faith and begin that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And these here are ones that were trusting their religion, trusting their works, and trusting their, their heritage. We have Abraham for our fathers. Look at it. Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance. Begin not to say within yourself, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid under the root. The axe is laid under the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Hey, make sure you're saved. Make sure you're saved. Ye must be born again. Why would you want to start a new year without the Lord Jesus Christ on board? Well, make sure you're saved. And so uh, he has a ministry that impacts publicly. Uh, he has a ministry that impacts practically pushing for baptism, that public break, uh, preaching repentance, that change of direction, crying out, uh, lift up the low and make straight the crooked. Put down number three, John's impact personally. His impact personally. You look at verse number 10. And those religious people asked him, and those religious people asked him saying, look at it, verse 10, and the people asked him, saying, what shall we do? He answereth and saith unto them, by the way, the religious of that day would have also been very selfish, very self-centered. 
Uh, for the religious of that day thought, well, well, I'm better because I do more than you do, selfish. I'm more religious than you are. I'm more right than you are. And so the thing that they're struggling with is that self-centered, that, that selfish view, that, that very egocentric kind of a, a approach to life. Now look at it, verse 10. And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? He answereth and said unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. Share, don't be selfish. Share, he's hitting them where they lived. If you're really saved, if you're really saved, you really will have a change in your life. And then, when you show that, then uh, be baptized. Uh, look at it. He answereth and saith unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. Uh, and he that hath meat, let him do likewise. What's the crooked place in your life? Wait, make it straight. What's that low place in your life? Uh, lift it up, or at least let the Lord Jesus Christ lift up that low place. Make straight that crooked place. And so he's impacting them personally. Look at verse 12. In verse number 10, to the religious, those selfish religious, he said, share. Verse number 12, then came also publicans. Publicans. Now understand, the publicans were the tax collectors of that day. And the tax collection of that day Rome would have a set amount for each person. The publicans or the tax collectors, it was an unknown amount that Rome set for every person. The publicans could increase that amount to whatever they thought they could get by with. They would increase that tax, and any extra that they charged, that's how they would profit. It seems like a, a lot like our politics of today. But anyway, uh, so uh, the publicans, uh, they, they were very selfish. They were very manipulative. And uh, they would always increase the tax to be able to pad their own pockets. Now look at it, verse 12. Then came also publicans to be baptized and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? I like the fact that there's different groups that are applying this differently. Here's how it hits me. Uh, here's how I need to apply it. Uh, here's the low places I need to lift up. Here's the crooked places that I need to make straight. By the way, you know, I think it would be a good practice for all of us after a, after a service or after a Sunday school lesson to say, what should I do? What should I do? How can I apply that to my life? To the selfish, self-righteous, he said, share. To these publicans, look at it. Then came also publicans to be baptized and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? And he said unto them, exact no more than that which has appointed you. He's hitting them where they live. He's applying it very personally to each and every person. Uh, what's the crooked place in your life? Make it straight. Uh, what's that low place in your life? Lift it up. How does this apply to each and every one of us? Look at verse number 14. Uh, he impacts publicly. He impacts practically. He impacts personally. Verse 14. Uh, now, the soldiers, the soldiers. It's not just the self-righteous religious, and uh, it's not now just the tax collectors. Now it's the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, and what shall we do? Well, it would be a great habit for all of us. You hear the word preached? How does this apply to me? How can I incorporate this in my life? By the way, I, I don't want Rosedale Baptist Church to be a place that only affects 9202 Philadelphia Road. I don't want Rosedale Baptist Church to only be an in-focus, taking care of ourselves. 
Boy, I want it to be a church that, that blesses the homeless and, and helps them. And, and those with addictions, the opioid uh, a problem, that, that we reach out and bless them. We, we reach the law. Hey, I want to make a splash in this area. I want to make an impact in, in Baltimore. John the Baptist, his impact was, was public. His impact was, was practical. By the way, if Rosedale Baptist Church weren't here, would it make any difference to Baltimore? If you weren't as a Christian working at your workplace, would that make any difference in your workplace? Well, we should have a ministry that's, that's public, a ministry that's practical, a ministry that, that's personal. Boy, what shall we do? Now listen, the soldiers of their day could accuse anyone uh, either factually or fictitiously. Uh, they didn't have to prove anything. And, and case in point, Jesus Christ being crucified with false accusations. Soldiers of that day uh, would do violence uh, unjustly. And soldiers of that day, uh, they weren't ever content. Their wages were small uh, amount of money. Now, now look at it, verse 14. And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. Those who are accustomed to violence, do violence to no man unjustly. Uh, those that could falsely accuse, uh, and accuse no man falsely, and those that didn't get paid much, be content with your wages. I love the fact that John the Baptist wasn't preaching against the sins of society. He was preaching to the people that were congregating with him. I'm always a little surprised how churches spend so much time hitting the sins of society and the ills of politics. And, and, and they're terrible, and they're terrible, and, and woe are they. And they don't ever get around to talking about where we live. Uh, Isaiah did say, cry aloud, spare not, lift up that voice like a trumpet, and, and show my people their sins. And the house of Jacob, their transgressions. And when we're preaching about all the sins of society, but we never get down to the jealousy that we have. Uh, the critical nature that we have, uh, the lust that we'll house, uh, the backbiting, the, 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 the judgmental spirit that, that we can have. Boy, I find in here what God wants us to do is preach the word of God to us. Boy, John the Baptist, his impact publicly, uh, his impact practically, uh, his impact very personally, but understand, here's the big one, uh, John the Baptist's impact Pointingly, pointingly. Look at verse 15. And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, uh, the more John preached, the bigger the crowds were, the more people tended to, to elevate him or to magnify him. And the more John always said, it's not about me, it's never been about me, it's always only about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they're asking him, is this the Christ? They're musing in their hearts, is this the Christ or, or, or not? Look at verse 16. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. I baptize you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. I baptize with water. He baptizes with the Holy Ghost. I preach repent. 
He's the one that empowers you to do that. Uh, look at verse number 17. Whose fan is in his hand, and he'll thoroughly purge his floor. We'll gather the wheat into the garner, but the chaff will he burn, and, and the fire unquenchable again. Uh, John would say, I'm only baptizing with water. He baptizes with fire. Uh, I'm only preaching repent. Uh, he, he gives the Holy Spirit that empowers to do so. Hey, I'm simply a worker in the harvest. He's the Lord of the harvest. It's not about me. It's never been about me. Uh, pointingly, pointingly, uh, it's always been about the Lord Jesus Christ. I love John chapter 1, verse number 19. Again, John the Baptist and this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Who art thou? Verse 20, and he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not. I am not the Christ. Uh, juxtapose that against Christ. He said, I am. I am. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the water of life. I am the resurrection of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Basically, before Abraham was, I am. I am God of Exodus. Uh, go tell Pharaoh, I am that I am. That's my name. Jesus Christ said, I am God. John the Baptist said, boy, I'm not. I'm not. His first words, who are you? <laughs> I'm not. Verse 21. And they asked him, what then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, no. Then said they unto him, Who art thou that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice, just a voice of one crying in the wilderness. I'm just a voice. He's the word, John 1.1. 1, 1. Uh, the word was God, John 1.2. Uh, the word was made flesh dwelt among us, John 1.14. Hey, he's the word. I'm simply a voice that's proclaiming who he is. Uh, it's not about me. It's never been about me, he would say. It's always been about the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 18 through 20, his preaching, preaching got him put in jail. The introduction by John. The introduction by John. Now look at verse 21. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized, it was about him, about the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're not going to take the time to go through it, but fill in the blanks quickly so you don't feel cheated. Uh, we have the introduction by John. Put down number two, the immersion of Jesus. The immersion of Jesus. And if you write quickly, he was immersed in water, verse 21. He was immersed in prayer, verse 21. He was immersed in God's spirit, verse number 22. He was immersed in God's love, verse number 22. Uh, and he's immersed in humanity, uh, the Word was made flesh. Great is the mystery of godliness. God manifest in the flesh. He was immersed in humanity. And so, uh, though we can be challenged, challenged by John the Baptist, I want a ministry that's, that's impacting publicly and practically. I hope you do uh, personally, but I want a ministry, most of all, that's all about pointingly pointing people. It's not about Rosedale Baptist or about uh, some group of people or some name of a person. It's always about the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, that's when he said, he must increase, I must decrease. And, and so I guess the question is this. If we're to be like the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was immersed. He was immersed in water. He was immersed in water. The first question is, 
have you ever been saved? That's the first question. And if you've never been saved, that's how you should start the new year. If you've never had that time where you realized, I can't work my way to heaven. I'm not good enough to get to heaven on my own. Uh, I, I have to fully trust Jesus Christ. Place my faith, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you been saved? If you haven't been saved, get that settled today. But for those of us that have been saved, have we been immersed? Immersed. Uh, yes, in water. Uh, if you've never been immersed, immersed, Jesus was immersed. Uh, that's why sprinkling or pouring babies, it's always only after salvation. Uh, it's always only after baptism, only uh, after, uh, after uh, 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 salvation. And then also, uh, it's always only by immersion. That's the only way the Bible ever did it. And, and so, have you been immersed in baptism? In baptism. Have you been immersed in prayer, in, in God's Word? I, I don't know of an easier way to get all of us to start reading the Bible together than you version connecting. Uh, it, it's accountability in the fact that I, I won't be seeing who is and who isn't, but the accountability in that we're doing it together and uh, that connection of hearing a short word or sentence or uh, a memory verse the only way I could make it easier for you is if I come over to your house every morning and read the Anyway, uh, and, and so since I'm not going to do that, uh, this is the best way for all of us to be immersed in the Word of God, to be immersed in God's love, and, and to be immersed, to be immersed. You see, Christianity is not just an add-on. It's not uh, on the edge, putting your toe in the water, just seeing, oh, it's a little too cold, it's a little too, oh, okay, it's warm. And I, I see they're enjoying it. I see they're, they're, they're out in the middle. They're in the deep end. They're, they're, they're immersed. And, and our Lord Jesus Christ, he was. And Christianity is not about us just testing and testing and maybe on the shallow end splashing around. Well, if we're saved, we're to be immersed, immersed in his love, immersed in prayer, immersed in the word of God. Well, let's make sure that, yes, challenged by John the Baptist, but we're changed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.